This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with a great guest. Uh, She's a writer, a performer, many other nouns, and my friend, Catherine Glover. Hello. Hello. How are you? I am many nouns. You are many nouns. People do so many things. So I often when I have them on the show, I know them in a certain way. I know you as a writer and a performer, but is that the way you think of yourself right now? I don't perform as much as I used to, um, and I've also started writing musicals. I don't even know if you know that. <laughs> no. That's definitely new in the last <laughs> six years since you've moved to L.A., um, and I am, of course, about to start writing teleplays. Teleplays? Yeah, is that is that even that's the right that's the right term, right? That's what they call them. Uh, that is a noun, yeah. As opposed to screenplays, like screenplay, yeah, screenplays for television, or I believe are called teleplays. Teleplay. I'm sure that makes actual technical sense, but for just a minute, I was like, teleplay. What what exotic <laughs> new form of entertainment is yes, this? Yes, I've invented a new genre. <laughs> it is called television. No, I did not invent television. That is false. <laughs> so, but you are you want to write for television? You're yes. going to start writing some scripts. Yes. Excellent. This is very as exciting. Soon as, as soon as I finish all of the projects that I'm already committed to. <laughs> <laughs> and what kind of projects are you committed to right now? Um, uh, I'm writing a 20-minute musical for Nautilus Music Theater in St. Paul. Um, I'm writing a 10-minute play for Theater Round in Minneapolis. Um, and I have a production going up in Fresno in March that I have to edit. It is a one-act. Okay. So at least Fresno. Yeah. But yeah. So you like so me. I... Nothing that nothing in L.A. No, I, I've been. In, OK, I moved to L.A. Um, 11 days ago. 11 so days ago. Yes. Anyone who wants to see me in L.A., um, you know, give it another couple days and then I'm sure I'll be booked like everywhere. <laughs> You'll be absolutely solid. Yeah. Yeah. So but, it... and I think it takes I hear it usually takes about two weeks to have, you know, tons of jobs and offers and bookings. Yeah. Yeah. And I've only been here 11 days. Like, like I the said, average. So. It can be anywhere from like two weeks to 22 years. And, <laughs> <Okay>. then, <laughs> and then you're set in Los Angeles. So you don't have to rush. OK. At good. All. Phew. Uh, yeah. Because I'm still I'm still kind of tired from the <laughs> long drive. <laughs> I understand. Uh, for anybody who's been listening to Obsessed for a long time, you were on a long time ago uh, back when I lived in Minneapolis as you did uh, Twin Cities and you talked about sex workers that is correct yeah uh, because you had been working on a show right about uh, and about just the general history yeah yeah, I've actually I've done several projects on different aspects of the history of prostitution mostly Um, and then along the way I had learned many things about other types of sex work including modern modern contexts and nice yeah Yeah, Uh, and uh, so that was uh, an episode a long time ago if you want to go back and listen, but this is the exciting new chapter of your life where you have moved to Los Angeles 11 days ago. Yes, that is exactly right. (laughs) Uh, And as I do when any of my friends from Minneapolis move, I'm like, come on my podcast right away. It'll be great. Hooray! Yeah, so when I emailed you to see what you wanted to talk about uh, this time is your follow-up to sex work, you said that you are not really an obsessive person, that you don't have that many obsessions. So I didn't remember you saying that the first time around when you were on the podcast. So w- tell me about not being an obsessive person. Yeah. Well, that that's interesting because, I, I mean, I think I was – maybe I just haven't done any research in a while because <laughs> I feel like I get obsessive when I'm researching a project. Um, so like the – I and I haven't done any research, any heavily – I guess, I don't know. 
hmm, now I'm like, is that true? But yeah, you're working get... on like, you listed like three different projects you're currently writing before you get to teleplays. Yes. Um, but none of them really involved a lot of research. Okay. Um, yeah, I got, I mean, I guess I got a little, my, I'm doing a sci-fi, the, the one act is a sci-fi play and I did a lot of research for that, um, which was very interesting because I learned that all the technology I thought I was inventing already exists. <laughs> it just, you know, so basically I, I didn't really invent very much. I just um, made it go from a lab to everyday use. Okay. Like in the next 20 years, which is probably what will happen in real life. But yeah, I don't, I didn't, I don't know. It wasn't historic. I think maybe, I don't know, for whatever reason I wasn't, I wouldn't say I got obsessive about that topic. But yeah, I think it's when I'm researching for, for a play or for... For something then I just it's like all I want to do is you dive on I, I feel like I need to learn every single thing that has ever okay been written about that topic <laughs> and is that a joyful experience for you because over the years of doing this podcast people have a really different relationship with the idea of what obsession is some people kind of have a a dark sense of humor about it of like it's a it is a bad thing other people think it's a great celebratory thing how do you feel about the idea of obsession yeah I, I get a drive from it um, and I mean, usually when I'm obsessive, it's research based. So like the feeling of going into the stacks of the library and looking at those like, you know, this, do you know, the stacks in the library yeah. where like you have to move the shelves back and forth because it's so densely packed that the shelves are actually up against each other. And then you push a button to make it open to the right spot and then you the right spot. That was me <laughs> trying to say spot. And anyway, that was me trying to say two words at the same time. And then you go in. And find, you know, the big bound. Usually I'm looking at, I, I do a lot of, if I'm researching, like, the 19-teens, I'll read popular magazines from that era to get a sense of what people were talking about and thinking about. And um, Yeah. And so I'll, go, I'll be looking at, you know, McCall's from 1916 <laughs> or something. And it's, but they're, like, bound in these huge five-inch... Uh, like books basically and i don't know that's one of my favorite things in the world so is that that like a there's a romance to research that makes you feel good about being all in on it and being obsessed with it and like touching these old things (laughs) they're like a hundred years old and feel like they're gonna fall apart in my hand and you know they make me sneeze because they're all dusty but I don't know. It's sort of magical. Okay. So outside of uh, touching history that might fall apart in your very hands, uh, what other things have you... We're going to talk about the topic you gave me, but I'm just interested in in this idea of obsession. Do you feel like you have been an obsessive person outside of research in any parts of your life? Well, um, when I get a crush on someone, especially in my younger days, (laughs) I would prefer not to go into that in any depth. (laughs) Fair enough. We won't go into the stacks. On that. Okay, excellent. <laughs> we won't press that button uh, and find out what's in there. So let's talk about the, the topic that you offered then, because you offered a couple things. You offered like uh, making lists or a television show. <laughs> <laughs> and because I'm a little bit too obsessed with lists right now, I couldn't cope with that. So I said, let's talk about uh, this television show, which is Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. So uh, for people who have never seen the show Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, how would you describe it? It is about, it's a, it's a, it's it's a comedy and a drama and a musical. <laughs> it is about a woman who leaves her high-powered lawyer job in New York to follow a boy who lives in West Covina. But, I mean, she doesn't tell him that she's coming. Um, she doesn't actually know that he's single, which it turns out he is not. She just, like, runs into him and then remembers, hey, the last time I was happy was the summer 
that we were at camp together and we were dating. And so I'll be happy if I go to West Covina and, you know, get to back together with him somehow. And then my life will be happy. <laughs> um, she's a little obsessive. So, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. that that show is very uh, fits the theme of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. And then um, uh, sort of comedy drama and music then, yes. ensues. And then, yes. Now, have you watched the whole thing? I have watched the whole thing. Uh, I watched the whole thing twice. I definitely. Oh, wow. I think I've watched the whole thing twice through. It's possible the last season I only saw once. No, okay. no, no. Because I, yeah, I rewatched it. That's right. Blah, blah, blah. These are very important things. I'm glad that we got the accurate uh, information <laughs> on how many times I've seen the show. I have seen the whole show twice through. Uh, okay. Um, you told me also in the email that you watched it to prepare to move to Los Angeles? No. I was, or I misunderstood that. I was watching it when I had the epiphany that I wanted to move to Los Angeles. What? For real? For real. You were like, I, I want to do what Rebecca Bunch did. Not the, no. Not, not the go I was, after no. here with the I was not inspired by the character. <laughs> I was inspired by the quality of writing of the show. Okay. Um, it's a very it's a very smart show. It does a lot of things that I really appreciate, and um, it is not the first time that I have been watching a very excellent TV show and thought, "Oh, I would love to write for television." Um, that has happened many times over the years. Um, but then I would say, "Oh, but to write for television, you have to move to Los Angeles," which is my understanding. Um, <laughs> it helps. It helps. Some people say New York. I don't know. I'm skeptical. Anyway, that's another story. <laughs> um, but um, but then and then I would say oh but I could never live in Los Angeles because reasons 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 um, which and um, I, I will say I, I might have been a little bit high when I was watching <laughs> this episode which actually just it happened to be the third time I had seen this particular episode and so I was really kind of deconstructing it and and analyzing it and just appreciating it and thinking oh I would love to write for television but i could never live in la because reasons 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 and then i was like wait a minute <laughs> are those real reasons or am i just scared Ooh! and then i realized that none of the like the reasons were all like oh i'm not good at networking and i don't like traffic and you know like <laughs> like dumb like not real reasons yeah and then i was like oh no this is actually what i want to do and this okay. would actually be my first choice and then i said oh and then I thought about it, and then I decided I should do it. Awesome! So, yeah, so teleplays. Yes. Damn. So that's yeah. So that's so I'm here. Yeah. For 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 eleven days. <laughs> for eleven days. Not much has happened yet, though. <laughs> it has not advanced my career substantially. Uh, okay, so we'll talk more about the LA connection <laughs> for sure. That's very interesting. But so, what attracted you to the show? Why did you watch it in the first place in order to get this? Uh, 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 pot and crazy ex-girlfriend epiphany. Um, I believe the person I was dating at the time told me that he thought I would like it. Okay. And I was skeptical because it was a musical. And you're not a musical person? Um. Well, so I didn't think I was at that time. That was right before I I did the Nautilus Music Studio um, right. in St. Paul, which is like a music theater training that they actually have done all over, including in Los Angeles, though I don't think they're doing it in L.A. right now. Um, and they basically pair a writer, like a traditional writer, with a uh, lyricist and, and musician? Is that it's, it? It's, well, it's five writers and five composers and then five performers. And it's like three days of workshops and, or seminars where you're studying music, like music theater, um, also just building sort of group cohesion, like getting to know everyone and sort of building trust among the group. 
um, and then collaborative techniques. And then, and then they just, and then they start pairing you off and it's like, they basically, they give you an assignment. You have about 36 hours to do it. Then they spend all day workshopping the five projects. At the end of the day, they give you a new partner. They give you a new assignment. And then you, you just do that five times. Okay, so you're just pumping out musical like, after musical. It's crazy. It's really intensive. I mean, just like songs. You yeah. write five songs. Okay. You don't write five like full musicals. <laughs> that would be... Whew, whew. Oh, and the poor composers because they have to... Like the writers finish and then the composers have to stay up like actually notating it. In their, right. And Make the, these syllables work. Okay. And making it... Like it's like you finish the song and then they have to actually print the sheet music using whatever software they use. I okay. Can't remember the name okay. Of it, so. so did you had you done this uh, intensive with Nautilus before or after you started watching Crazy Ex Girlfriend? I think it was. I started watching the show afterwards. Okay. Yeah. Got it. So when you watched the first episode, were you all in right away? I don't remember. I have to say, I don't remember if I loved it immediately I, I mean i definitely liked it because i kept watching for sure like i never i was never like oh do i want to keep going like i definitely was like oh this is cool i'll keep watching i don't know if i started loving it until it got darker yeah because <laughs> I, I mean the, i think the sort of brilliant thing that it does is it uses the fact that it's sort of the that it's sort of a wacky comedy so people are doing like wacky implausible things and it's like everything's funny and silly and goofy and oh no one would ever really do that and then it kind of brings it back and it's like no no she really did that and that's really fucked up and what are the consequences yeah and and what does that mean and then you know and it kind of keeps doing that so it's this absurd stuff but then also like no really there's (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there's there's a yeah no it it's really brilliantly structured to yeah. to you do a bunch of uh, tra- traditional kind of sitcom comedy even kind of harkening back to like roots of like I love Lucy of like in- incredibly weird bizarre situations but then going into like well what are the real human motivations yeah. of why a person would do that and let's take them seriously yes yeah. exactly and it kind of goes back and forth without it ever getting I mean without it getting old it kind of stays fresh and yeah I just I think it's a uh, a lot of brilliant things going on in that yeah. show. Yeah, yeah. I really love the show uh, a lot. I have only watched it once, uh, but <laughs> I'll get on that. But it's been a fascinating uh, sort of to watch its journey. It started relatively uh, soon after I moved here to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And here in, in Los Angeles, almost every billboard is entertainment. So, you know, one day just there was lots of billboards for Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. And there was kind of a, a pushback on social media because people were like, why is the CW doing a show that just doubles down on this stereotype about women being obsessive and, you know, defining themselves by, you know, who they used to date? And then the show starts and people are like, oh, the point is to totally discuss and subvert yeah. and examine all of that thing. And then it, you know, became very, very popular and, and all that stuff. Good stuff. Oh, uh, so the billboards were out before... The show is yeah before people I think, knew about I don't, it. I think by the time I even knew the show existed, it was already in season two. So okay, yeah, yeah, because when the, when it just came out, and you know, uh, Rachel Bloom wasn't super well known unless you knew her from YouTube. Um, right. So people just made a lot of like they do on social media <laughs> sudden judgments. But it was fascinating to just see kind of the actual idea at work in the show of let's examine these things that happen and then examine why they really happen sort of happened in real life with just people's reaction to the billboards until they realized, oh, no, we're actually going to talk about mental health and relationships and sex and gender and all of these uh, different things that they uh, discussed. So when you're watching the show and you had had your epiphany that you could get past your fear and move to Los Angeles, 
what did the the show deals a lot with the fact that she did move there and she to West Covina that's near yes. Los Angeles and has a lot of very Los Angeles specific jokes. Uh, what did it make you think about moving here? Well, I mean, I don't I don't think I really even made that connection. I mean, if she moves to West Covina, which is not, is that, is that, that's not part of Los Angeles, is it? I don't know the geography. It is, it's near. It's it's near yeah. Los Angeles. I don't know. I feel like They make there jokes were... about being close to the beach because they can drive there in two hours. You know, things like yes. that. Yes. I think it's, I think it's might be three, four in traffic. You've um, seen it twice, so. Uh... I don't know. No, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I guess I think it. Uh, it, I'm, it I'm, not, I'm curious now, though, if there were more LA jokes that I didn't get because I'm, I've never lived here and I don't. Like I'm wondering how many. I mean, obviously, yes. The distance from the beach. Um, that, the distance from the beach is really the only, and maybe some stuff about traffic, is really the only things that I'm remembering that are specific to. Yeah, LA. I mean, I think all of it plays, but I think there is just some little cultural things. I think maybe I infer things because yeah. it almost everybody involved is has come up through like UCB uh, and like very much. This okay. specific comedy culture in Los Angeles. Okay. I think like different towns have their different sensibility. Yeah. And it's a weird sort of perspective on like, yes, Los Angeles is a place that makes products that go out to the rest of the world on screens. But there's it's but it's still like this place, this individual town that has a kind of style, you okay. know, the same way that I think like Minneapolis, St. Paul, Twin Cities has a style and, you know, it gets exported in in other ways. But not in the same way that like Los Angeles does. Yes, little yeah. little lower lower profile. The, depending on your perspective, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, huh. So, but it is still a show that deals about moving and finding yes. new friends, new community, new place. Yes, that's Did true. Any of that affect you? I I am gonna say no because I think. <laughs> Which is well, a fine I also, answer. I mean, I'm also. I think it was it was the, the last time that I was watching it through, and I think I was on season. It was like season three, maybe. Okay. And so the move was like she had not recently moved anywhere at the like in the episode that I was watching. That was that was already old news. So okay. I didn't really make that connection of it being about her moving to a new place because she'd already been in that new place for a, for a couple of seasons yeah. by that point. So, a couple yeah. of years. Yeah. She was all settled in. No 11 days she for was her. Settled in and there was <laughs> new drama happening. <laughs> nice, fresh drama. Do you have a favorite character? Uh, anybody that you relate to or just like? No. <laughs> I mean, no, like I like all of them. I mean, I I like how it's all fits together. I guess. Okay, well, I I will ask a question that I can't stop myself from asking. Uh oh. You brought up that you felt like in your youth you were obsessive about people that you like. This yes. is explicitly a show that starts from yes. that perspective. Did you relate to that? And and was it if you did, was it a good thing or a I bad mean, thing or a self examination thing? I mean, I would say I I relate to the the intensity of those feelings. Um, I I haven't done sort of that kind of stalkerish behavior. I would say, um, <laughs> or moved to a city. <laughs> I mean, I mean, part of it. I'm probably a lot more pessimistic. Like her character is very like 
you know, we'll get back together and yeah. everything will be great. And I've been like, oh, they will never love me. I'm going to sit in my room and be sad. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that leads to different choices. Right. Because like but, the uh, that op- the opening theme song for the first season is uh, uh, one day I was crying a lot and so I decided to move. So yeah. for you, it'd be one day I was crying a lot. And that and uh, and so the I end. stayed. Yeah. <laughs> and the end. Yeah. <laughs> At right. least past you. Yeah. <laughs> so um so do you have a favorite season or a favorite arc of the story? Because it the, the show does change a lot in four years because the like we were talking about the first year is a little bit more really kind of um loud and brash comedy because it is Rebecca doing big bizarre things and then yeah. kind of the the uh the layers get peeled away and gets more and more real about uh mental health and about trying to have a healthy attitude yeah. but the show is still trying to be really raucously funny while also being a little bit more honest and real um i mean there's so many things there's i, I and that's one of the things i love about the show is there's it's like and new characters come and there's new arcs and new things going on and I mean I don't love all of it but there's I feel like every season has new things going on that I appreciate. Um, I definitely know one of the one of the plots that I really um, and again it's that sort of starting with the wackiness was I noticed very much um, in particular because I was at a point where I was trying to drink less and noticing how much our culture sort of like glorifies drinking and makes it like scene just like fun and happy which i mean i love drinking um <laughs> I, I do uh it's it's fun but i also you know I, I definitely know i was drinking more than was healthy um you know my epiphany on that was like this article that basically said you know millions of americans are not alcoholics but still drink too much and i was like damn it because <laughs> i'd always been like oh no i'm pretty sure i'm not an alcoholic that means i'm good right and then it's like oh that doesn't mean it's actually healthy to consume that much alcohol okay i, I hate those articles that feel like they're going to end with your name speaking <laughs> right? directly to you like you're not an alcoholic, but maybe watch it, Joseph. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's and it's definitely in the culture. And so they have this character who's always having, and I was noticing that he's always, you know, he has a line where it's like, oh, no, that's my social bar. This is my studying bar. Like, this is <laughs> this is where I do my study drinking. And like, has is has all these, these comments like that, like throughout, I think it's like the first season. And then I can't, I'm not good at remembering oh, yeah, that's timelines, but like at some point towards the end, end of, it's sometime in late in the first or second season, uh, you find out he's an alcoholic and then they flash back to all of these moments that at the time were like, waggy comedy, haha, he's so fun and funny and drinking. His-. And then it's like, no, no, he has a problem. Did you not realize that he has a problem? And I really appreciated that. I thought that was really well done and and felt very like, I don't know, true. Yeah. And, and also like accurately, you know, kind of how our culture is about things that, you know, and again, I'm not at all against drinking, um, but it is sort of treated as, I don't know. Yeah, no, I think I, I that uh, that arc affected me as well because I, I really do like drinking for lots of different reasons. I rarely ever get like actually drunk anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly I did in the past. Um, but I, and I like posting photos of my cocktails and making jokes on social media. But then there's those times where I, I have that kind of moment of like, but if you strung all of these tweets and pictures together... <laughs> That's not a healthy picture. So I think it is multifaceted. I think yeah. you can have a sense of humor about it, but also realize that, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. You got to watch yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a character that you would be willing to be a roommate with from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? 
when when you talk about like what it being obsessive or not being obsessive about pop culture specifically i feel like these are the sorts of questions that i don't ask myself and i think a lot like i'm friends with a lot of people who really think about pop culture characters in this way and i don't i don't think that i do yeah for whatever reason i'm just like i i don't know what is <laughs> what does that mean well would it be fair to say that since you actually described it this way that you approach things like this from a more writerly yes. perspective because you you were talking about analyzing the structure yep and not and, and i think people enjoy things lots of different ways i yeah. i sometimes watch things with a like ooh, i really like in like crazy ex-girlfriend i've very much been like ooh, i i have opinions about the way that joke was constructed but then yeah. i also have that level of like imagine these people are real and who, who would you want to be friends with and kind of having feeling that connection yeah but you are approaching it more from the analytical side yeah, I think probably though the first time I watch it, I'm more in it, and then the second time I'm more taking a step back and yeah. kind of analyzing it as a with my writer brain. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think the reason that it occurred to me to ask this question is not only because they end up rooming with each other a lot uh, over yes. the course of the four seasons, but also because the show is dealing with people, uh, not just the main character, lots of people wrestling with their own mental health and their yes. own sort of like denial about themselves and their behavior the show it has this unique thing where like normally a sitcom person is just like well you know back in the day on cheers you know cliff clavin was a know-it-all and norm was an alcoholic and nobody ever talked about it period right but on this show since you do go deeper the i feel like people have strong emotional reactions to the characters because so they can say like the show is good it's really well done in real life i could not stand this character yes. or in real life i would hang out with so-and-so at the bar i would Josh would be fun to go to parties with. I would never li live with Josh Chan. Like, yeah. there are those layers yeah. to the characters that I think can can draw m more reactions like that. Yeah. No, I think that's true. But it's also, like, they're all, the characters are all sort of turned up to 11. So it's, I mean, again, it kind of has that line of, like, these are real people that are grounded in the real world where this is, you know, real issues around you know, mental health and things like that. And then they're also like wacky and over the top and implausible. And yeah, and it's sort of that weird, you know, mixing both together at yeah. the same time. So but even yeah. on your first watch through, you didn't have a strong emotional reaction to any of the characters. It was more an emotional reaction. To I the love all thing. of like I think I love all of the characters. OK, <laughs> almost maybe not all of them, like but most of them. Like there's a lot. There's a lot that are great. I'd probably, I'd say, I'll take, I'll take Heather as a roommate. Okay, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, I'll say, I'll take Heather. See, that I think in and of itself is revealing, because Heather has her shit together and is, like, pretty cool and with it. <laughs> you know, the way kids say, with it. Uh, would If you were able to live with Heather now, would you want to, like, get guidance from her on how to live on the West Coast? Sure. Sure, why not? I mean, I'll take I'll take advice from from whoever has it. I've only been here eleven days, so if anyone has any advice, I'll, I'll take enough. it. Fair enough. So we talked a little bit about it being a musical and your own journey with music. Do you have uh, songs that that popped to you? Uh, if it's specific songs or styles, or even from your analytical brain, opinions about the songs. <laughs> I actually I did I bought the soundtrack um, on iTunes and there's one that is driving it drives me crazy <laughs> it drives me crazy and it's such a it's such a beautiful song it's a Greg song um, what's it called I can't I'm I'm, I'm not remembering the title because it just like popped up on my playlist yeah but it's like 
um, I think it's, hey, Wescovino, what'll it be? And it, But it has a line where he says, am I, am I doomed to stay here pouring my high school friends beers? <laughs> and I'm like, why? Why did you could have had an exact, you could have had a perfect rhyme so easily. Like you could have rhymed here pouring my high school friends beer and it would have been perfect and it would have been fine. Like there was no reason. It's like you just added the S just to make it not a good rhyme. Why did you do that? I think it is to illustrate that Greg does have a problem with alcohol. Oh, okay. And he can't even think of a singular beer. He has to think of beers plural. All right, cool. No, it's just 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 like so. I mean, it's funny because when you like when I listen to it the first time, everything is glorious and perfect and wonderful. But then when I actually get the soundtrack and listen to them over and over again, then my like lyricist brain will be like, "Oh, that's that scansion's a tiny bit off," or you know, like just little tiny nitpicky things that I'm like, "Curses!" Yeah, but you know, (laughs) understandable. (laughs) So you like it enough to get the soundtrack, which means like, yeah. Although at some of the songs I love listening to, and others I'm like, "Ah, no, it was funny in the scene, but it's not actually like fun to listen to." my car or whatever you know uh do you mean i mean some of the songs are built i think to be like hey this song totally stands on its own on its own others are tied to the plot or tied to the visual in the show yes and then some are an emotional ride uh some are funny songs and some are like yeah that's funny but damn do you have ones that you just like on an emotional level don't want to listen to every day when you're just riding in the car like too yeah Oh, I don't know. I always listen to songs that make me cry, so <laughs> I don't I don't know. I don't think that would be a, a deal breaker. Like, there might be some days where I'm like, no, I'm not in the mood, but I always listen to depressing music and stuff that breaks my heart, so. Okay. Uh, yeah, my experience with Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is that I have definitely got a couple of songs stuck in my head that aren't necessarily emotionally great to have yeah. <laughs> stuck in your head. Well, the, I'm, the one that's coming to mind is... Um, that's you ruined everything you stupid bitch like that one is like oh yeah i've definitely been there like (laughs) that is yep i know that feeling (laughs) like it's not great (laughs) yeah that song is amazing and uh, to prepare for this i looked at a list of the songs and was like you know what i haven't heard that one in a while i'm just gonna i'm gonna listen to that on youtube and it's like oh now, now it's stuck in my head. It's <laughs> it's such a beautiful, great comedy song. I think there's a reason that it's kind of like one of the like main known yeah. songs uh, from the show is that obviously there's specificity there with gender. But it, even with that, for me, it was like, yes, this is my negative self-talk yep. as a song. And it's really funny and really powerful and really catchy. Yes. So all yes. day. Like, I prepped this, like, six hours ago, and then you're going to come over, and I've just been walking around my house, getting ready, going, you stupid bitch. Well, <laughs> you really sounds very that. healthy. Yeah, I think it's I'm, great. I'm glad I could give you that <laughs> gift. I was, not, uh, I was not putting that on you, Catherine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not your responsibility. Um, also, the song Research Me Obsessively, well, that is actually that is actually the song that was the moment of my epiphany. That was the song. That was the episode. Oh, really? And it was during that song that I was like, I want to write for television and write shit like this, which is funny to say actually about a musical because there, there isn't actually that much musical television in the world. But well, there for whatever reason. There might be now. Yeah, there's a, yeah. There's a new show that I think just started uh, that is very clearly it would not have existed if Crazy Ex-Girlfriend okay. didn't exist. Cool. In fact, one of the act, main actresses in it. Um, so... What, can you remind me of the context of that song? I don't remember that one. <laughs> um, she and Valencia are both researching Josh's new girlfriend. Oh, yes. And she is singing the song. Like, she's, like, inside a Facebook page or something. Oh, like, singing, right. research me. And then 
yeah. and, and you uh, did you relate to that one emotionally or uh, appreciate it analytically to go? I love how this is constructed. I think I in that moment, I, mean, I think like both. That. I mean, it's if unless it emotionally resonates, it's not good. You know, <laughs> like it right, doesn't so, matter how well it's constructed. If if I'm not feeling something, then it's not actually doing its job. I would okay, say. so it's like a, it kind of has to be. So things hit you emotionally before you want to go into analysis mode. Yeah. Nice. I think I analyze why it makes me feel that way and why it's so effective at making me feel that way. Got it. Got it. Um, so this show, especially, I think, in the first half, uh, just my opinion, has moments that are definitely uh, the comedy comes from being an incredibly embarrassing or tense situation. Yes. Do you enjoy that as a style of comedy? No. <laughs> <laughs> and yet you watched the whole show at least twice so f- what was it that pulled you through I'm, I'm trying to remember i don't remember a scene where it was too terribly awkward but i don't know i'm probably really good at just focusing on i don't know i'm also i'm like i should have rewatched the entire show in no, preparation for this not. podcast but no. Um, no that was that was a joke okay good i did not literally think that it was required. That would be a lot of homework. Yes, and I would have been a jerk to not tell you. I require. But um, I'm trying. I'm trying to think. Like what? Okay. What? What? What examples are you thinking of? Of where it's like comes from? Um, I think the I, the one that jumps out to me because I was really enjoying the first season, and then I realized like, oh, there are going to be some scenes like this that are like, okay. Uh, the I think there's a scene where uh, a whole where uh, Rebecca eats a lot of food that she shouldn't and uh, gets uh, bodily upset and then ends up hiding in a room and watching somebody have sex and like lots of just like great right. I, I understand the comedy of this these desperate acts got you into this really uncomfortable position but the tension of the show is that you sit in that uncomfortable position for a while yeah. and I think there's other random ones of like people being at a place that they are not wanted and nobody yeah, yeah, knows yeah. how to tell them they're not wanted and, and things like that of just like those kind of utter social tension moments. I don't think, no, I don't think those, I don't think that bothers me. Okay. I don't, I mean, I don't think I find humor in it. <laughs> I don't think I'm like, haha, it's so funny. I'm more like, ugh, ugh, but I'm still interested. I'm engaged by the drama of the situation, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So just at that point, you just say like, this is. A dramatic moment, not a comedy moment. Yeah. And I will release myself from that tension. Basically, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there's still the tension, but it's it's like uncomfortable, but in a like, oh shit kind of way. And yeah. So, you know, but I don't I don't think I laugh at that. Yeah. At the at, at awkwardness like that. Yeah. I mean, I think I really I often appreciate the construction of it, and I think some of the 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 way those things are constructed are great, especially as they continue to pay off for what this is telling us about the characters. But for me, it, it's definitely a I really love everything that is going on in this show because I'm willing to go through these incredibly stressful scenes. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I think I like the stress of it. Yeah? Yeah, I think I I think I like that tension. Again, I don't like it doesn't make me laugh, but Yeah. From a dramatic perspective, it's I don't know. Do you appreciate that from a construction point or from a working through any social anxiety? What do you mean? I mean uh, I think for like for the 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 negative self talk song, the uh, stupid bitch song, like there's catharsis in that because it's that <gasps> somebody else feels the way yes. that I do, right? So yes. th- that's a kind of comedy. And then I'm I guess what I'm interested in is if pe- pe- seeing people in social anxiety settings is that cathartic for you? Of like ah, 
I'm not the only one who accidentally finds myself in situations like this. Well, I've never found myself like <laughs> accidentally trapped in a bathroom watching the person I'm in love with have a sex with someone else. So Fair enough. It doesn't happen That every I can't day. relate to. Uh, Fair enough. Much. Wait, let, let me think. I don't really, like I said, I have a bad memory. Maybe. No, no, that never happened. Um. Okay. Uh, I, I guess but, I didn't think it, there's lots of times where Rebecca is just caught in a lie because she is trying to orchestrate something for her own motivations. She comes up with something that isn't true right. and is and ends up being kind of I caught get, in a lie. Yeah. I get very frustrated with her. I get frustrated with her character. Her character. I mean, and it's and I, I mean, imagine as an as an actor, like she really carries it off and makes that character very charming and lovable, but she does a lot of really like shitty things yeah like throughout the show um and yeah so a lot of times i really like find myself not liking her but i still but it's like you still are kind of on her side and yeah i mean and part of it is that like it really shows you sort of why she is the way she is and why she does the things that she does but she does a lot of you know she's often a very bad friend (laughs) um (laughs) to put it mildly and does you know a lot of uh you know, hurtful, destructive things. I mean, she's not the only character on the show that does. No. Yeah. yeah. And the show is like a journey of her trying to wrestle with that and, yeah, you know, take responsibility for that. And Yeah. Yeah. But again, I think those are moments where, I don't I mean, sometimes they write it in a way that's funny because sometimes if it's, sometimes when it's sort of in the over-the-top sitcom mode, it's sort of like, ha, 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 it's so funny when people act like horrible liars or something, you know? And then they're like, no, really, she's a horrible liar. What do we do about this? Or, you know, how is she going to make amends with her best friend or whatever? But, yeah. So, I mean, sometimes they manage to make it funny just in how they construct it. But I don't I don't find that intrinsically funny. But it's, I mean, ever you know, and I don't. Lying does not tend to be a technique that I use very often for anything, but <laughs> but I feel like everyone can relate because everyone has known people who lie and encountered situations yeah. like that. So. Yeah. Um, so the show does uh, deal with uh, sex and sexuality a lot. Yes. And obviously, from all of your various uh, research, uh, you might have opinions or thoughts. What do you think about the, how the show deals with sex and sexuality? I, I mean, I love that she's openly sexual um and owns it and is not i love that that's in there and i feel like that's i don't know i don't i don't see that a lot for female characters yeah um yeah there's a great in the um, in the rap battle that she has with like her nemesis <laughs> there's like a bit where her her friend is trying to slut shame her by saying like oh you, you know you slept with all these fr- frat guys and her response is like yep including your husband you know like, <laughs> it's just like i love that moment yes a great moment of a, a very specific sex positivity <laughs> yes <laughs> well also being a rap battle at the same time yes very very impressive uh yeah yeah i i I think it's it's great, obviously. Um, but there's there's a lot in this show that is also just like kind of taboo, uh, taboo topics that shouldn't be taboo, right? Yeah. Did I, you feel that way? Yeah, I mean, it was and it was it was great to to see it being addressed. I guess I um, have not fact checked this, but I heard something about that the I guess the period sex was like the one song that was 
too much and that had to be like scaled back and then that's why it keeps coming up <laughs> like because they just did a little bit of it but then the song like comes back it's i think it's the only song that comes back like three or four times in different in different episodes including one point where like her mother randomly starts singing it <laughs> that's and right then it's like i think i think that might have been because that was one song that was censored on the show yes yeah yeah i was just reading about that today that i hadn't uh known about that that was the one that yeah, yeah that got censored too much as you said uh yeah, that's that was definitely one of the songs that I was also happy that I do not have the habit of singing under my breath in public because that <laughs> was also stuck in my head for a while. That's a catchy one. It's definitely a catchy one. Yeah. No, yeah. but I mean, I like that's it's a th- obviously it's a thing. Like anyone who has sexual relationships that involve women, like that's gonna come up at some point. So yeah, I like. You know, talk about it. Why not? I love it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you, did you, uh, this is such a weird question to ask, but because the show is so much about mental health, did you relate to any part of the mental health or, or oh, yeah. story or were happy to see it on screen or what were your thoughts absolutely. on that? Yeah, no, I, absolutely. Um, yeah, and I mean, I have depression and anxiety. Um, yeah, I mean, to have it be talked about in that way and handled, um, with a lot of respect and a lot of nuance. Yeah. Um, without, you know, without letting her off the hook, I would say, because I sometimes see there's sort of thing where it's like, oh, well, it's because of mental health, therefore everything you do is fine, you know? <laughs> yeah. Which is like, no, it's still, you know, when you are in crisis, you sometimes behave in a manner that is shitty and that has consequences and it has impacts on other people. And, you know, and it doesn't mean that, like, you're garbage and should die, but it does, you know, like, you know, there's sort of, like, there's, like, the stigma, but then there's also, like, the reality that, you know, mental health can cause some shitty behaviors and that, you know, I mean, you know, everyone has shitty behaviors, like, we all, whatever are, yeah, you know, but it, it, I don't know, I just felt like it was addressed with, like, all, all the layers and all the nuance and all the levels and... Yeah, and I think the the idea that many, many, many people struggle with these issues yes. and that that is a reason that we... Sh- it, this isn't a show about the one person. Right. Oh, that's a great... The song... <laughs> in all the of song, the West Coast. That the song a... Diagnosis, where everyone is yeah. just, like, in the streets, <laughs> like, hey, I have a diagnosis, and they've all got yes. the pills, and they're yeah, all like, all. yep, yeah, yeah, we're all... Yeah. We've all got something. <laughs> like... Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and I I uh really related to some of the comedy in the later seasons coming from she has, you know, uh ideas of how to handle moving forward. Yeah. But is having such a hard time sticking to them. Yeah. Because I think that's something that a lot of us struggle with even if it isn't like a clinical mental health issue, but just like, yep, I it's kind of the like I know how to fix a, a, a problem and I can tell a friend, hey, I bet here's how you'd fix a problem. And then you would try to apply it to your own life. Like, no, yeah. I, I'm not going to do this thing that is clearly good for me. Why would I do that? Well, and also the sort of it doesn't do the happily ever after thing where it's like, oh, she got her diagnosis and now she's got her treatment and now everything's good. It's like, no, it's still a struggle and there are still pitfalls and it's like you get better and then you get worse and then you have good days and you have bad days yeah. and then you relapse and then you're like, oh, shit, now I have to go back to square one. <laughs> you know, and that that's very real. Yeah, and I, it was I think it's great to, to see that. Yeah. You know depicted in an honest open way yeah absolutely um speaking of endings so the show ended after four seasons on purpose do you feel more things should end yes (laughs) i i any any writer who says i ended it because that was the end of the story i'm like 
a hundred points, like just all the points. That's yeah. more shows should do that because yeah. it gets really sad when when things are like, oh, we got booked for another season, but we don't have any more ideas, and then it it like you know it almost ruins the the universe that's been created when yeah. that happens when or like when the writing gets sloppy and the characters start behaving in ways that are inauthentic just to create drama or like picking fights for no reason because they're like oh, we need a fight now you know like <laughs> i hate that and it's like you know it was so good you should have just stopped and done something else yeah which i mean it's actually funny um uh i've i've um like like the soap operas like the telenovelas in like mexico and now i think more and more countries that are making telenovelas like what they'll do is they'll have a soap opera that lasts a season and then they might do the next season they might do like another one with the same actors but it's like they just do and they keep it short and i'm like oh my god that's so much better than like trying to go on where like by the end everyone's a twin yeah and everyone's like died and come back from the dead like six times and you know you run out of you run out of stuff to do and i'm like no just finish the story and make a new one (laughs) i don't understand yes uh i grew up watching uh soap operas uh my mom would watch them and then i i think it affected uh my personality <laughs> oh say more about that <laughs> i'll just uh, watching at different kind of storytelling yeah and watching like you're talking about that like ongoing storytelling and and making that bond with you you watch these characters you know every yeah. day uh and my favorite thing from soap operas is when the child would be born and there'd be a lot of drama around a child being born and then like six months later the child would be six years old and then the child would be sent away for possibly two years and the child would come back 18 years old and hot as hell. And wow. You have more storytelling to do. That's a that's a good trick. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even familiar with that one. I, yeah. don't, I don't actually know anything. This about, is a secret thing about soap operas is that they are absolutely science fiction because there's time travel. <laughs> Every time a child is sent away, they automatically grow. Uh, so if you were going to sing a song about your feelings or something in your life, what song would you want to sing? Wow. That's I I feel like I'm being I'm being asked to write a song on the spot. This is <laughs> very this is very high pressure. I am not asking you to sing the song. I'm curious oh. because the the songs in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend run the gamut from like super, you know, huge emotional examination of the, you know, like the darkest moments to uh, you know, like diagnosis, like a great thrilling yeah. moment to just like here's a funny side thing that's going on in my life. What kind of what part of your life would you want to be able to just sing about suddenly? Oh, um, well, I definitely have some some heartbreak songs that are in my brain at the moment. I haven't written any, um, but that's a thing. Okay, that's a thing. And then um, maybe uh, songs about um, trying to get my house organized <laughs> and like how I took for granted that I, you know, in my condo in Minneapolis, I knew where everything was. And everything was like well organized, <laughs> and now it's just chaos. Yeah, and I'll you know I'll like have a drawer, but the things don't fit in. Like, and I'll be like, all my you know all of this type of noun is gonna go in this drawer, and like all but one of them fit. But then there's like one extra one that doesn't fit in the drawer, and then I'm like, what am I gonna do? Everything's <laughs> chaos. I never should have come to this stupid city. That uh, that seems like an actually great pitch for the style of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend of like, I, I feel like everything's going fine. However, I don't have room for one shirt in this drawer. Everything is a like chaos. Everything yeah, is fucked. Yeah, that's pretty much. That's, that's been my life these last 11 days. It will get better at 
<laughs> well, I just got to buy a bigger drawer. <laughs> a great title for your song. Just got to buy a bigger drawer. <laughs> All right. Wait, let me get a notebook. Okay. Write this down. Okay. So we're going to move on to our how obsessed are you questions. Do you think about Crazy Ex-Girlfriend every day? No. Yes. That makes sense that yes. you would say that. And I, I should say with the how obsessed are you questions, I ask every guest on every yeah. episode, and it's fine if every answer is no. Because you told me fairly that you like this show, but you don't consider yourself obsessed. Right. I would say, though, like while I was rewatching it, I probably thought about it every day at some point. Okay. Because I would, I mean, I would, my friend would come over and we'd watch like four or five episodes like two or three times a week and then probably the days in between you know i would remember moments and think about them and yeah I, yeah i think when i'm binging a show it's like on my mind a lot yeah that makes sense so yeah. did you choose to rewatch it to share it with a friend or yes. because you wanted to rewatch it i yeah i chose to rewatch it to share it with a friend and then i'd also started rewatching it with a different friend but then the new season dropped and then she was like, we're just going to skip and watch that. <laughs> so that's why I've seen some episodes three times, but most of them only twice. Got yeah. it. Got it. Uh, would you go to a crazy ex-girlfriend convention? Pro- I mean, probably not. Maybe. I, if someone invited me and I was like, sure, I need friends. I just moved here. I'll go do a thing. <laughs> Sure. I have friends. I definitely exactly, have friends. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it, but I wouldn't be like, oh, I must go. That is a top priority. Yeah. How do you feel about conventions in general? Um, I, I mean, I've gone to conversions mostly because when I don't go to conversions, in, this is a convention in Minneapolis for listeners who don't know. Um, I would like no, have no one to hang out with because all cause... my friends were there. Um, and so that's kind of why I would go. So you went there to to socialize with us who were yes. all there. Yes. And uh, in, in that convention is great because you, you can absolutely do costumes. You can just go to panels and nerd out right. or you can absolutely just hang out uh, and be social. Yeah. Um, what did you think of the convention experience besides just hanging out and being social? Um, I mean, some, I, I definitely, like, there was a moment, what was it? There was, like, I wish I could remember the details. There were, like, it was, like, someone in a furry kind of costume and someone in a robot kind of costume. Like, just, like, wildly, <laughs> like, clearly costumes from very, very different universes. And, like, Gangnam Style came on and they were all dancing. <laughs> and it was just, like, this weird thing and it was amazing you know and I, that was a moment of like this is really crazy and wonderful and i'm really glad that i am here watching this bizarre thing that is happening for <laughs> no apparent reason um and i mean some of the panels are funny and you know i mean i saw you like do stand up and stuff which is always very enjoyable of course oh, um, thank you. um yeah but mostly it's i like seeing people and hanging out and yeah so if a bunch of your friends were at a crazy ex-girlfriend convention would you go to that yeah sure why not <laughs> and it'd be great if there's a person dressed in a big furry costume and a robot dancing <laughs> i feel like that would be less likely <laughs> but you never know you never know i guess i don't know how convention people like cross convention cosplay i don't i don't know how these i think I that uh, sometimes I, and i think the best conventions do have a spirit of inclusiveness so it'd be great if there's a crazy ex-girlfriend convention and somebody just showed up dressed as spock because why not Go for it. I would also say if it, if like the writers were going to be talking about 
if, like there was if it was a convention that was like the writers yeah. i'd be like i want to go listen to them and talk to them and right because that's like, a big part of your interest is yeah is being fired up about the actual work yeah so any anything that was talking about sort of the process and the behind the scenes and also like the composing and what the process was for that i've noticed that because the the itunes stuff that they release um they'll have some of the demos so it'll be you know like a composer singing the song that obviously was not written for like for him to sing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'll, and uh, but I'll listen and one of them, I'm like, that is the same track. Like they just took that music track from the demo and then recorded the actor singing. Over oh, wow. It. Like it's not like it's, there's not a note that's different. Yeah. So I'm like, that made me really curious about like, Oh, what was the process here? And how, how quick was the turnaround on these songs? Yeah. Like, was it like the Nautilus studio where it was like, <laughs> you got 36 hours, go. <laughs> From the little bit I've heard, I think, given the TV schedule and the fact, the ambitious thing of trying to do two to four songs every episode, yeah. it was it intense, was, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I think it, it only makes the uh, the songs that are really, really successful even more impressive knowing that they were written very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you were to go to a convention, would you cosplay as Rebecca Bunch? No. <laughs> are you a costume cosplay type person or do you enjoy that in any i always like i've tried to think of some ideas and um like i had an idea that i would make a, a, a princess carolyn costume for and then i from bojack horseman from bojack horseman for either for either either for convergence or for halloween and then it's just like all of a sudden the day is upon me and i'm like oops i forgot to actually <laughs> make this happen i guess i don't have a costume oh well yeah. like so it's just kind of like i'll try to cuz i'll be i'm like oh everyone's dressed up i should be dressed up that would be fun i guess and then i'm just lazy <laughs> or i have other priorities and it just doesn't it doesn't happen it is and then uh, i'm like oh maybe next year and then all of a sudden it's next year and like oops <laughs> uh you could have a costume that is the thought bubble of what you thought you were going to dress up as the previous <laughs> year just like attach, like attach it like like to a headband yes. or something i do the same thing i love the spirit of it i love the idea of it but run out of time and i also have the thing that having been a performer actor type person when i put on a costume i feel like i should do something i should be the right? character <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, really yeah. weird to me and be like i am obi-wan kenobi and also i'm uh just standing in someone's kitchen right <laughs> yeah having nothing to do as obi-wan kenobi um would you buy crazy ex-girlfriend action figures or breakfast cereals no <laughs> would you buy any merch or is I that mean, just not a way you express interest? I mean, I, do, I bought the music. Yeah. Does that count? Sure. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it sounds like you would, if there was like a book that was like really detailed behind the scenes, how this all came together, you'd be interested yeah. in that like information. Yeah. But do you, does the show inspire you to surround yourself by it in any way? No, that's, that's like a thing that I've never, has not ever really been my... An impulse that I've had for any shows yeah. or things. Maybe when I was a kid, I think I had some action figures for some shows when I was a kid. But I think even then, like... You were like, that's fine, but whatever. Yeah, I don't think it was, you know, like like I was begging for them. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you remarked on my uh, table full of action figures yes. when you entered, as most guests do, as most Yes, I mean, they are sort do. of the first thing you see when you walk in. So. Yep, it's they're really hard to ignore. Yes, yeah. Uh, so 
the idea with action figures I've heard people discuss uh, is that there is a power in having like a symbol of a thing that you like. Mm-hmm. Um, and that obviously translates from everything from something as silly as a, a Star Wars action figure to like religious symbols of like this mm-hmm. is a way to say here is the idea. How do you feel about that as a concept that that every level from very religious to weird alien from Star Wars that we can better digest the idea if it's a physical object? That I mean, absolutely. I just bought a, a Minnesota keychain like when I got here and, you know. Yeah. Because I was like, I mean, I also needed something to put my keys on. But then it was like, <laughs> it was like immediately I was like, oh, that's what I want. Like, that's what I want to hold in my hand. Right. To you just know, be- every day as I'm you know, walking around my new neighborhood in California, so. Yeah, the the uh, actual item that you use to open your new home has an image of your old yeah. home on it. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it's true, yeah. Yeah. So, so I definitely, yeah, I, I get that for sure. Do you think that there is a reason that that doesn't extend then to things like pop culture or stories that you like, that you have a desire? Because you're really clear on like, yep, no, I don't need a physical object to capture my love of that thing. I think when I get really inspired by a world, it makes me like want to make my own world. I don't know. Oh, I think that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But I, I certainly spend a lot of time. My other podcast is all about Star Wars, talking about Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, but I've definitely had times in my life where like I the way I want to celebrate something is by making something. Uh-huh. Like um, I certainly I, I am a collector, so I have Twin Peaks things. But like when I watch Twin Peaks it, stuff, which is a, a big fandom for me, uh, I it really makes me feel like the only appropriate way to respond to this is to create something of my own. Like uh, eventually my wife and I are going to go to some of the Twin Peaks filming locations, which I've never been to. My wife is like, we live relatively close now yeah. and you're a big fan. Why are you not constantly going? Let's go. And, for, and it was like. Because I can't just go to them. And then I came up with the idea of like, if we go, it has to also be a writing retreat. Okay. Or like, yeah, I will visit sense. them. I will visit, you know, the Double R Diner, but then we'll go back to the hotel and I will write something. Because I feel like that's the way that I, the honest way for me to celebrate Twin Peaks is by hmm. creating something new. Cool. And that seems like what your reaction is to Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Uh, everything from going through your reasons to move here to thinking about the structure behind it, that your yeah. interest in it is about saying i appreciate this and i want to create things that other people can appreciate the way i appreciate this yeah cool yeah, yeah, yeah. awesome uh if a friend constantly complained about crazy ex-girlfriend online would you mute them yeah probably <laughs> i don't know or i'd have a conversation i don't know yeah i mean see, why would you do that <laughs> <laughs> a nice direct conversation I mean, it's not even it's not even like live right now so i mean what <laughs> let it go uh in general do you have patience for like that kind of pop culture conversation or is you know i think i mean i think facebook doesn't show it to me because i don't engage with it that much so i think okay. i don't see it as much as maybe other people do got it yeah because i think facebook is pretty good at like like oh Catherine wants Catherine wants political posts <laughs> okay that's what she's gonna comment on okay right we can't get her with the crazy ex-girlfriend hot takes from five years ago <laughs> right. we'll get her with the political takes the algorithm wins again if there was a Kickstarter to raise money for a movie of crazy ex-girlfriend would you contribute to it no because I think it's over <laughs> I mean I guess I don't know I'd have. I mean, it, there would have to be a good reason, and the, the creative team would have to 
have a good reason as yeah. to why they they felt the need to revive the story and what it was going to be that because I you know I kind of feel like they were like this is the end of this story yeah so yeah so if they said they were going to bring it back for you it would be a gut check about whether or not you feel like they have a true artistic vision to bring it back yeah. or if it's just yes. going back for more because they they miss their friends right or because it'll make money or something yeah which it uh, probably would. <laughs> <laughs> Would you, uh, you have performed one-person shows. I have. Would you perform a one-person show that tells the entire story of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? I would not. <laughs> I would absolutely not do that. Why not? Why would I? <laughs> Touche. I mean, is that, I don't know. That also, that feels, I know, is that I even just... legal? <laughs> <laughs> understandable question. No, we just talked a lot about how it inspires you to make other things, so that's yes. an understandable answer. Um, if the only way you could ever watch the show again was to steal the complete box set from Walmart, would you steal it? I mean, from Walmart? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not good at stealing, so I'd be nervous about getting caught. But How did you find that out, that you're not good at stealing? I'm assuming... <laughs> I just think I'd have a guilty face because <laughs> I'm like, I'm not a good liar. Um, and I think I would just like people would look at me and be like, she's up to something. She looks guilty. OK, you feel you would look shifty as you're leaving the Walmart. That's what I think. Yes. <laughs> Although maybe if I knew if I was like, this is the only way and I got self-righteous enough about it, then I could pull it off. OK. If, if I you... could convince myself that I was doing justice <laughs> <laughs> this crazy ex-girlfriend box set must be liberated yes from walmart i think that's a legitimate if aliens were visiting earth and you got to greet them uh would you show them crazy ex-girlfriend to explain humanity wow i feel like i need to know more about these aliens and like know what page they're on <laughs> <laughs> well let's say they're they're vaguely humanoid but not entirely humanoid uh so there's some extra limbs and some weird things going on with their eyes and heads uh they can speak uh english yeah uh and they say we've been watching you but we don't quite get it i mean can you help me explain again, there's so much that's like exaggerated and comedically turned up to 11 i'd be i'd be nervous that it wouldn't give them an accurate <laughs> representation <laughs> we don't listen to song as often uh, exactly that would don't be, it watch would... other people have sex from bathrooms that often right sometimes well, I mean, does it always happen multiple times anyway yeah uh it doesn't happen multiple times in the show i don't think anyway uh but i guess the question for me is <laughs> there's what am i being too literal with these questions no no you okay. can take them however you want that's part All of the right. fun because some people Excellent. are like i need more backstory <laughs> like <you're>... <laughs> <laughs> uh do you feel like this show even though it is told in a musical comedy fashion that is supposed to be exaggerated but that it is dealing with super real human things yes would you feel like there's a hope that humans would understand or that aliens would understand where we're coming from if they could get into the heart of the show i feel like humans as humans have enough context to sort of navigate what's what's realistic and what's exaggerated and i don't i don't know that aliens would have that context <laughs> so that would be my concern <laughs> so you would be concerned that aliens can't handle the comedy i just just don't think they would know what's real and what's not real that's okay. all <laughs> so you, you are afraid that the aliens would wander around going why aren't the humans singing now and think everyone named Greg is an alcoholic. Maybe. 
I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I need to know more about these aliens and where they're coming <laughs> from. And do they even, I mean, also, do they have, like, sense of humor is very, can be very culturally specific. Oh, so yeah, absolutely. They, yeah, do they do only they, laugh do at the slapstick? Do they understand humor even at all? Yeah. The humorless aliens yeah. get off our planet. Yeah. if they, I think if they don't like crazy or ex-girlfriend, they, they can just leave. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> that's and my stop bias. posting on social media. <laughs> <laughs> stop complaining about the show, aliens. God, we went to this planet. We saw this show. Uh, it was so boring. Uh. I don't understand. And people were making this weird sound. It was like they called it a laugh. I don't know what that is. Uh, all right. Here is the uh, final How Obsessed Are You question. So uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend has, has done live shows. Uh, yes. And they, they broadcast one on CW. It's awesome. Uh, it's in the Netflix. If you watch, if you binge watch it on Netflix, they show it at the end. Oh, awesome. The last episode is the live show. Oh, that's good. I can delete it from my DVR then, so I don't have to hold on. You don't have to watch it, no. It throws you up because you think that it's actually weird because, you know, I was like thought, oh, there's two more episodes and then it ended and I was like, wait, what? what? But there's one more episode. Oh, it's like the special. Okay. Got it. No, I mean, I was saying I, I didn't know if they would include that on Netflix, so I've been yep. saving it on, on the DVR so I can watch it again because I enjoy the concert. Yeah. Um, if yeah, you had a ticket to see a live concert uh, from the show, but you got to the theater door and there was a bear blocking your path, would you try to get around the bear? That's a very weird question. <laughs> yep. I mean, I feel like I don't know what I would, I can't predict what I would do in that situation. I'd really want to go in, but I also don't want to be killed by a bear. <laughs> so I, I probably, you know, I think I'd, I'd have to listen to my, my gut in that moment. You know, how, okay. how, how dangerous do I think this bear is? What mood is this bear in? <laughs> Is the bear looking the other way? Does the bear know the aliens from yeah, the previous question? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I just, yeah. Yeah. Do you, all right, okay, so you. I, I'd probably run away, though. <laughs> <laughs> but you never know. Not back away, just bolt. Just, well, I don't know. How is, close is the bear before I see him? Well, it's her? just, it's, it, the bear is just standing around in the, in the doorway. And the bear's not I mean, necessarily doing anything particularly violent. And you have that quick gut check of, do I dart around the bear? Yeah. I guess I'd, I have to see what my gut check says. <laughs> when this inevitably I'd, I'd happens. To, yeah. When the, when it happens, you know, I will follow up with you. Okay, thank I will, you. I will send a follow-up email and yeah. let you know what happened. Yeah. So you are a theater performer. You're also a theater goer. You have attended a lot of shows. Is there anything that you've ever been anticipating so much that you, you would go, yeah, I, I'd dart around the bear? No, no, I mean, not, I mean, not, you know, I don't think I'm willing to risk my life to get in to see a particular show. Okay. Generally, if I feel my life is legitimately in danger. Yeah. Well, you, yeah. yeah. You just, you just don't know. You don't never know what the bear's going to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think this uh, is I, mean, I also evidence. think it's weird. Like, I feel like you should call animal control or something. I mean, I feel like there's, you know, <laughs> why is there just a bear? Are you saying there are flaws in the logic of my bear question? I'm saying, I'm saying it's just, there's a whole story in here about how this bear came to be standing there and yep, what is being done about it. and Yep. Yeah, I understand. The if reason it's, maybe it's just you in a bear costume. That's cool. I'll go in <laughs> and be like, "Oh, I see. I see what's happening." It's that somehow that is more frightening to me. If I went to a place where someone should not be in a bear costume, and they were, I think I would be more frightened of that than an actual bear. Really? Because I feel the bear just got 
lost or something. Something went awry in that bear's day, <laughs> but a human had to have made that choice. That's true, but they're probably not violent. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> These are a lot of hypotheticals. I'm very optimistic when it comes to random people dressed in bear costumes. I you guess. know, it's the if they had a bear costume where I could see their eyes, oh. maybe. But if you, you know, when when there's a human emotion you can't see, that creeps me out. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah. see that. But I think I take you at your word when you say that you are, in general, not an obsessive person. <laughs> because the reason I include this question is there are things I would dart around the bear for because I get so focused on the thing huh and that i wouldn't fight a bear okay. but i would dart around a bear and to me that is i mean i a think distinction. it depends what mood the bear seems to be in i don't know and are other people going around the bear and like if i see other people safely going around the bear then i might be like okay i guess we're going around the bear i don't know i think you are obsessed with social science needing <laughs> all of the information to break down a situation to make a good that decision is- I think that is true. <laughs> I ask everyone to make a noise to sum up their obsession. What kind of noise do you have for enjoying Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? You know, I knew that this question was coming <laughs> because I had to answer it last time and I somehow forgot. Wee! There. That? <laughs> That's just fine. Okay, good. That's totally accepted. Okay. Uh, have everyone rate their own obsession. So on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the lowest, 10 being the highest, where would you put your own level of uh, interest if not obsession, with this TV show? Four. Four. Okay. And that, for you, for television shows, is that as high as a TV show goes? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a fair answer. Uh, Anyway, we will move on to the plugging section of the show. Uh, Can you tell people where they can find you on social media? (laughs) Well, um, CatherineGlover.net is my website. I don't think anyone looks at it though. Right, but the I don't hope I like I never I like might. never update it. Okay, you should delete all this part. Um I'm just talking about how I never update my website. <laughs> I really don't have my social media game together. I really need to figure that shit out. But um, you have a Twitter account, don't you? I do. And so what is it? It's at Catherine Glover. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's K A T H E R I N E G L O V is in Victor E R. I suppose that's in the in the title. Um I need to um Either delete that account or start using it. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel that's like one generally or the other. how they work, but yeah. Yeah, I have it. I I I get overwhelmed. Like Twitter's overwhelming. There's, There's too, it's too a lot. much. It is really really a lot. I feel like I don't know how to look at it a reasonable amount of time and feel that I've seen anything. If Twitter was going to be honest about their slogan about like what they are, it should be. I don't know how long I'm supposed to look at this. <laughs> yeah, like so. I just <laughs> kind it of sucks you in. Or, yeah. or else you're like, whoa, this is too much, and I look at it for two minutes, and then you don't get the full experience. You don't get the sense of community, and you don't get past yeah, I feel any like, of the noise to the... I feel like I'm missing everything, so I just avoid it, and then I read. But then I, I love reading all the articles about what people are saying on Twitter. <laughs> That's like how I interact with Twitter, is because people say great things, especially when, you know, I mostly follow politics when I read read the social yeah. media and all that. Okay, so um, I understand you're not updating your website, and that makes you a normal person in the year 2020 because yeah. very few of us update our websites constantly yeah. because social media has broken the web, uh, the internet. Anyway, uh, but you, you listed all of these projects you have going. If people were like, I want to find those, are those on your website? Yeah, I did update my website. Um, okay, cool. And what are they again? 
the the projects you're working on? Are any of them coming out soon? Uh, I believe I'm supposed to have a. I believe a play of mine is being produced at the Fresno Rogue Festival. Um, we're still figuring out the exact details on that, but I believe that is happening. I'm awesome. not saying ninety percent sure that's happening. Um, I'm have a piece in Girl Shorts, which is going to be produced in Minneapolis in March, and then this um, twenty minute musical that I'm writing for Nautilus Music Theater is I, they're going to do an excerpt of it at Rough Cuts in April, which Rough Cuts is their sort of works in progress series. Um, but April is, it's like their 200th show, I think. Wow. So they're doing like, I think it's, so the format's going to be a little bit different and they're not doing the whole thing. They're just doing like little pieces of a bunch of different things. And then I think the full thing will get put up sometime. Cool. TBD. All right. Well, uh, yeah. So you can go to katherineglover.net, right? Yes. Nice. Okay. Here are some quick plugs uh, for this show, and then we'll do our final weird questions. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook. is at Obsessed Podcast. You can also check out the Star Wars podcast I co-host. That is called Force Center. For info on all my upcoming shows and comedy albums and stuff, you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com, where I pretty much only update the live shows page. So just ignore the rest of it. You can support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. Full info on that, go to patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. All right, here are the final questions. They're just fun questions that have nothing to do with the main topic, but you can make it about the main topic if you want. All right. If you could transform into an animal, what animal would you want to be? Giraffe. Uh, why did that come out so quickly? Have you thought about this one before? Well, I have a giant stuffed giraffe um, who I actually brought with me from Minneapolis. I was not, because I'm making two trips. I'm, I drove, um, I left January 1st, and then I'm going back in March to get the rest of my stuff. And then I'm running out my condo. Um, and I, like, a few days before I left, was feeling sad and was like, I need my giraffe with me. <laughs> and so I put her in the passenger seat. So I drove... 2,000 miles across the country with this draft passenger seat. I, and I don't really know why it doesn't, it's not rational, but um, it made me feel happy and it like is, less alone. So it is rational to want to be happy and less alone, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. What is the draft's name? Joshi. Joshi? Is yes. there meaning behind that? So, um, at the time that I got her, one of my best friends, um, it is. A woman who is from China, and she was trying to teach me how to count in Chinese and then making fun of my pronunciation. And so uh, Joshi Joe is her name, which Joshi Joe, uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it correctly, but it's a, like a horrible, my horrible mispronunciation of Got 99, I believe, <laughs> if I'm even remembering that correctly. Got it. Got it. Yeah, so. I think it is. I think it's great that you brought a giraffe friend. Yes. Uh, uh, yes. I have my, my teddy bear I've had my entire life. Fabulous. Yeah, that came yeah. with me to Los Angeles. Yeah. And in fact, he's in the living room right now looking at us. Hooray! <laughs> not, not in a creepy way or anything. Uh, Sometimes my giraffe, she, she, I've heard people say that she looks very judgmental. Because <laughs> she used to like sit be- in Minneapolis. She sat behind my couch. And so people would just like look up her and be like. Oh, so it was just her giraffe head poking above the couch? Like, what are you idiots talking about? Yeah. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I can see how yeah. that would feel a little judgmental. But then uh, I have other, other, other people. Um, I think I think it was Pat Harrigan, who you know, a Minneapolis yeah. friend, who was like, you have a giraffe? And I was like, you've been to my house. You haven't noticed that there's like a huge <laughs> giraffe in my living room? She's like four and a half feet tall. Oh, this is a big giraffe. She's a big okay, giraffe. Okay, yeah. Yeah, she's giant. <laughs> uh, when, when you were, did you drive here? I did. So was she in the passenger seat all the, buckled up? 
Uh, yes, actually, <laughs> I had to, I had to buckle her up because otherwise the seatbelt light and the beeping kept happening. So I started driving, and it was like beep beep beep, and I was like, every time I get gas, it's gonna do that. All right, I'm buckling her in. <laughs> okay, so you would transform into a giraffe if you could transform into an animal. Would you be uh, a full size giraffe or four and a half feet? I I mean, baby giraffes are cute. I yeah. don't know. I think I'd want to be a taller one. You can yeah. reach you can reach more leaves. Yeah. Giraffes are just, they seem very peaceful. Yeah. They just like munch on their leaves and they they seem chill. They don't <laughs> seem to have a lot of problems. <laughs> I mean, they don't make art either. So I guess that's the trade-off. <laughs> but, but you would still, you would be driving this giraffe. You wouldn't just be transformed into a giraffe. You would still have your, your human intelligence. So you like, you could like eat the leaves and form a picture on the tree with the remaining leaves. I think it'd be hard. I mean, without opposable <laughs> thumbs or anything like that. How do you type? Fair enough. It would be hard to write as a draft. I'll give you that. Next question. <laughs> if there was a theme park ride based on your life, what would it be like? Um, It would be like lots of roller coasters and then like a brief period where it's kind of like stable and boring. <laughs> and then in like the last year... More crazy roller coasters. <laughs> Sudden corkscrew and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Nice. Understandable. Uh, the final question for everyone on the podcast is always, what is happiness? Just like feeling comfortable in the moment that you're in. Yeah. And just being like peaceful. Like a giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> and, also, it... and also making art. Those two things. <laughs> feeling peaceful, confident, making art, and or being a giraffe. Like a yes. giraffe. Not, not actually being a giraffe. Yes. Like a giraffe. Yes. That's my final answer. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> All right. I'm going to uh, I'm gonna ask one other follow-up question because I'm interested okay. in this. Uh, when you, you said peaceful, but your body language was like a, I am firmly locked and I am like standing with confidence. So is happiness more to you the idea of just being totally at peace or more being confident? Like you're exactly where you should be yeah i think it's i mean i mean it's fun now i'm thinking of the song the like you ruined everything you stupid bitch song is i mean i a lot of my you know the, i have a lot of sort of mean voice activity going on in my head and so yeah. i think for me it's like just getting that to shut the fuck up it's <laughs> <laughs> like oh wow like being alive is really great right now <laughs> I think that is a great answer. Shut up, mean voice is happiness for sure. Yes. (laughs) Thank you very much for doing the podcast. Thank you. That is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. Yeah, one thing that I also love about the show is because so often um, in TV shows and movies, there's like these ridiculously attractive, in shape people who, you know, but their character is a couch potato. And Crazy Ex-Girlfriend has all these super hot guys, but they also work out all the time. And it's part of the story that they work out all the time. And so I and they like kind of make fun of it. So I love that.